And I have to start enunciating. I've been speaking way too softly. You gotta power it up. You gotta you gotta eat the mic. I don't. What? Let's, let's turn a phrase. You gotta eat the mic. Is that something they say in Hollywood? Yeah, that's something we say in the business. Eat Mike. <laughs> then Mike pulls his pants down. Yep. Hello, I'm Mike. What the fuck's going on down there? We're still in January 2016, and it's me and Seth. Hi, Seth. Hi. Uh, how you doing? I'm okay. It's 2016 now. Yeah. It's our second recording for 2016, and it's still the first month. You'd think that we do this every other week or something. I've been turning a lot of fives into sixes. You have been? You have been? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good, good. I did it uh, twice today. Oh, dear. I got it right every other time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm trying real hard to program it in my head because the place where I would do it the most would be when typing dates in, and it's even harder to notice you did it then. Yeah, it's going to be rough next year. Oh, man. Yeah, how do you turn a six into a seven? You don't? Not not <laughs> any way that's pretty. Not any way that hides the fact that you goofed up. You have to take, you know, like, okay, the downward slant of the seven, you got to make that as thick as the number six, and then just draw it around the number six, and then color it in. And then embolden the the one. Yep. And so it looks like you're just overemphasizing 17. You're just super into writing down numbers. Uh, anyway, we're super into talking about Transformers. And we got Transformers to talk about. We got Platinum Edition Planet of Junk Clashes to talk about. Planet of Clash Junk. <laughs> Clash of the Planet of the Clash of the Junk. We got this Clash box set full of junk. Yeah, I'm... Okay, so that goes two ways, because two of these figures are Junkions, and then the other one is Junk. junk. Oh! <laughs> um, Sick, hot burns. That's what you get when you come to this podcast. I'm real happy that uh, at least all the colors are new on this yet another version of Classics Rodimus coming out. I'm real happy about that. It's more like vintage Rodimus at this point. Yeah, he is now 10 years old. Like, that toy came out in 06. It's older than my nephew. Yeah. And here he is coming out in a new box in 2016. Yeah. My uh, nephew wasn't born yet. when the, My nephew wouldn't be born for three years. Good Lord. You tell him this is like, this is his older brother? Just shove it in his face. This is older than you! This mold is older than you! He's like, what's a mold? And you're like, you don't understand. You're not even a and real then collector. My, then my niece teaches me how to eat now and laters without choking again. Hooray! That happened today. You need to she, not... She told me how to eat an hour later and not choke. That's good. You don't want to choke when you're eating. No. It's bad for your Especially health. Especially an hour later. Yeah. That's supposed to be a happy time, not a choking and dying time. I don't like choking. No. I do like Junkions. Yeah. I kind of want this set, if it's not overly expensive, just to have the two Junkions. Well, it's a platinum set. Yeah. 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 This will probably be like 90 bucks, won't it? Yeah, if I still had some sort of notion... Well, I never really had a notion of making a Junkion army from that mold. But if you were, good news. Here's two more Junkions for your crew. I'm all into that notion, and I've been doing it. So I... I oh, you know what I just noticed? 
not meant to tangent, but uh, so I saw a big 30 sticker on the front and I was like, hey, I got some bad news for you. But the new sticker says <laughs> Transformers, the movie 30th anniversary. So they're now finding just concurrent 30th anniversaries to apply things to. The Michael Bay movies are that long ago. Wow, I feel so old. Oh, man, 2037 is going to suck. It's going to be the worst year. Well, also, that's when. Is that when? Never mind. Is, You'll find out when we get there. Is that, Something's coming. Is that when the Earth turns convex and we all get catapulted off the surface? No, it's all. Yeah. No. Yeah. That doesn't. You can't turn the whole planet inside out. Not yet. Get enough chemtrails. But you know the, I've seen, I've seen people breaking it down. It's gonna happen. Yep. Anyway, well, hopefully, motorcycle robot men. Before we get to 2037, hopefully, we'll have a solid opinion on this. But, Seth, what, what are you feeling about this set? Like, it's platinum, so yeah, it'll probably cost too much money, but let's pretend yeah. it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was trying to build a Junkion army, I'd be all into it because I would have thought, oh, I'm done with Junkions. Yeah. Oh, yay, more Junkions. And <clears> then, <throat> I don't know, maybe I'd, I'd just give the hot rod to my nephew or something and. Then he'll say turn it into a car, and then get mad when it's a robot again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm kind of super stoked because I think that's the faceplate junkie on, and he's the hardest one to get. Yeah, it looks like it. So that's real cool, and I, I like the colors on them, like the real like kind of warm McDonald's colors. It's a nice change of pace. Mm. Warm yeah, McDonald's. I'm pretty sure that's the. I don't know how you're getting McDonald's out of this. It's the yellow and the the orange. I don't know. That makes me think of McDonald's. I haven't been to a McDonald's well, on in a while. Hot Rod. Hot. Were you talking about Hot Rod or the Junkions? The Junkions have a, a. I would like the yellow on the Junkions. I characterize as McYellow. Oh. Like yeah, Rodimus is like straight up golden arches right there between his legs. Like he's got it going on. Well, like how they paint. McDonald's roofs that super bright plasticky red. Yeah. And the yellow. So yeah, Rodimus is super McDonald's-y. Uh, the Junkions are I I I would say the Junkions are a little more Burger King personally, but I yeah, guess I I don't go to I mean there's only one Burger King I know of in my entire country and I don't go to it. So I, I wouldn't know. There used to be two in Petaluma. Oh no. And there were two in Novato. And now there's only one in each. Burger King is kind of slum level fast food. I don't know. I you know with every other no. fast food option out there, what does Burger King bring other than square burgers? You're thinking of somebody else. That's Wendy's. Really? Because Wendy's yeah. is like top tier, and I was gonna say Wendy's does square burgers better than Burger King. Burger King does not do square burgers. Oh. Nobody does square burgers except for Wendy's, and that's why they're the best fast food joint. I'm going to start a triangle burger place. That would be really cool. Call it Illuminati's. You get like an eye in your griddle so you can have a grilled in eye on every single burger. Yeah, man. Or oh, uh, on the bun. Oh, man. Yeah, eyeball bun. No, it's on the inside of the bun, so you don't see it unless you open the lid and look inside. Read between the lines, you, you might yes. say. Hidden in plain sight. Yep. Well... I hope this thing doesn't end up costing platinum dollars because <sighs> I would love to. Yeah, there's no indication here on price. Not that I'm I'm seeing. I think it, it was yeah. spotted in a computer, but I don't know if that came with a price. Because like, I'm, oh, I'm, computers always come with a price. Yeah. 
I, uh, I, I just really want the Junkions, and like I know that there's no one on planet Earth I could sell the hot rod to, but I'll just add him to the hot rod pile. Or I'll... No one on planet Earth? Not a single no one. one. No one? There will be... No Daniels that you might know? Do you know how many people are going to offload their garbage hot rods on Daniel before I even get <laughs> close to him? Like, enough for me to not have a chance is how many. Well, you have to get the closest. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell myself, I bet this one will look the best in the protector armor. And then I'll just operate on that assumption until either I forget about all this or it comes to pass. Anyway, uh, I wanted to open up with that because I really like the idea of writing a title in our topic list that said Clash of the Planet of Clash of the Junk. Uh, we have new picture picks next. And Seth, you... <laughs> That's the only reason. That actually, Yeah, it kind of is. I was staring at it and I, that came in my head and I, I laughed for like a good two seconds. Uh... Seth, what's your new picture pick? Really live life on the edge. Yep. Listen, I'm a busy man. I can't spend all my time laughing. You know, I got to do other things. All right. My pick pick is uh, Masterpiece Ironhide Test Shot Images. Yes. I thought I'd keep the Test Shot train rolling <laughs> once I did Test Shot Blaster last time. Yeah, it's become your thing. Um, You're the Test Shot guy. Yeah, they call me Johnny Test Shots. That'd be a pretty cool name. Yeah. Maybe I could get a job. Like, you know when they, like, do those little prick things to test for allergies? Yeah. And, like, all over the back, like, I could get a job administering you those. You saunter into the room in the yeah. hospital and you've got, like, a big, like, name brand t-shirt on. Yeah. I'm Johnny Test Shot. big popped collar. Your pop collar's full of prick ne- needle things. Well, say Johnny test shots on my scrubs, and my scrubs will be over a polo shirt with a pop collar. So the pop collar's coming up out from under the scrubs. Because I work in a hospital. i got to dress appropriately. Yeah, yeah. You only have the flames stickered onto your scrubs on the back, you know, where it doesn't matter. It always matters. All sides matter. Anyway, Ironhide. Yeah. So... These pictures are making me feel better and worse about Ironhide at the same time. I kind of feel the same way. So, like, the waist up... Here, let me get back around on these pictures so I could, like, have something that I'm looking at. Um, Yeah, so this, like, side shot. So, like, his chest and shoulder area and into the back looks good and solid. And then... Like his hips and rump with his tire butt cheeks looks kind of not great. His tire butt cheeks are are really weird, but in this really specific way that I'm not against. (laughs) The tire butt cheeks are funny. Yeah. (laughs) But in that shot from behind, just like how his waist and legs look. From behind, look, I don't know, it just, it doesn't look good. It looks better from the front, but, and then I don't know if there's, if maybe there's some compression that is supposed to happen that hasn't happened here, but, like, even that head-on shot, very front shot, it, it looks like his chest is, like, just a, a little bit higher up than it should be from his... Crotch plate. So I'm going to say it again. What you're describing is precisely the problem with his front bumper not folding away. 
If his yeah. front bumper folded away and that part compressed down, boom, it's all fixed. Yeah. I need to handle the toy to figure out why that front bumper isn't folding away because, you know, these are not idiots making these toys. So there's got to be a good reason. But it's a real bummer because, like, that's even as much as, like, like you know, everything about these pictures that are making the toy look pretty cool in some ways, the, the frigging front bumper not folding away is just, like, horrendous to me and my aesthetic tastes. It, it sticks out so bad. Uh and a lot of the rest of the toy, like, I actually really like the way his lower legs look, like how they are just those blocks. Yeah. Uh, I, I love that. And uh, the transformation looks incredibly cool. Um, like, you know, that one shot showing, like, how the back of the van has, like, folded upside down on top of the roof. Like, it looks freaking cool. Uh, I'm I'm just super not into his chest at all. Um, yeah. and I, I would call the, the front bumper, the root of every single problem I have with him aesthetically, because <laughs> I can deal with the wheels on his butt. I can deal with those hip skirts, but the elongated torso and the frigging bumper chests are terrible. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm still going to get him cause I've, it's not gone wrong for me, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then in, in the van mode. So the silhouette of the van is like spot on. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a bummer that through the windshield you just see a bunch of parts, but I they kind of save it by sculpting like the sticker face. I love that that's just front and center. Yeah, so <laughs> they they kind of like if you got to see just a bunch of parts in the windshield and not seats and a dashboard, then okay, you you did something dumb that <laughs> kind of rescues it. Yeah, I, um, I want to know if there's a way to easily fan mode him into the G1 robot mode. That would be fun. Like, if he has a wheel hidden in his legs and there's a way he could just, like, you know, don't worry about posability, but, like, bend his knees backwards so that his entire lower legs are the feet or something. Yeah. And, like, I just want to know if that's possible. I'm sure someone will try at the very least. I'm going to try it. Damn it. But then, here, let me see if I can find the picture. Okay, so I don't think any of these pictures show... His finished vehicle mode. I kind of hope the windows are a little more tinted, like the side windows. Yeah. To kind of hide all the stuff that's folded up in the backer part of the van. Like, okay, leave the front window more clear so you get the, you get to see the goofy face. But uh, <laughs> I, I would just like more of the folded up robot inside the van shell to be hidden if possible. Yeah. That'd be just my preference. Like, worst case, that seems like the... Th I Actually, I, I don't know now. I am assuming Repro Labels has been in their sticker sheets for Masterpiece Toys, been doing, like, window filler stickers, if that's people's preferences. Uh-huh. Um, like, sticking something dark on the inside of the window, I think, could look real sharp. Like, it would yeah. look like a tinted, heavily tinted window. Um... You know, okay, there's one other big bummer. I'll get my other big negative out of the way. This is like categorical proof that there are no tank tread tricycle deals on the bottom of his weapon sled. Yeah, that's a real lame thing. Yeah, it sucks. That really if, sucks. If a third-party company does, like, a scale-size sled that Ironhide can stand on, I don't know how I don't buy that. Yeah, like, um, I, I love the idea of the sled containing all his accessories. I just am, am astounded that in doing that and making it a separate piece, 
there's no room for his feet and there's no treads on the bottom. Like it's like you're 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 so close to the finish line and then yeah, it's <laughs> it's just too small. Yeah. And it's not it doesn't have to accommodate transformation or anything. I mean, I understand there is of course budget for the size of a, a big plastic piece, but I just feel like if you're going to have a standalone sled, like priority one should be tank treads and room for him to stand on it. Yeah. And then in doing so, of course, there will be plenty of room for his accessories. Uh, totally minor nitpick in the bigger picture, but it's for real for me. Yeah. And like if a third party company does do something like a sled, I don't even need it to transform. Just have it be a big yeah. thing. Maybe put some articulated points into it, like especially for the missile launcher deal. Um, but if you did have a transform, it would be hilarious if it transformed into an identical van. <laughs> and then you would think that would be a lot simpler. You just have this van open up and like fold the wheels and flip out the treads and it's like just I, open the van. It's like Ironhide's roller is a decoy. Yeah. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. I'm really into that idea. Or, or, oh, yeah. And then you could do, like, some repaints where you have, like, the sick 70s version. Mystery machine? on the side of the van. No, you have, like, a mural of a wizard standing on a mountaintop <laughs> finding a dragon. All right. And then you could do another version that's, like, the, like the Aztec king carrying a woman. <laughs> You could get crazy with the van things. This is such a good idea that I suspect it won't happen. But it's such a good idea. I think we should start our own third party company and do it. It's relevant to yeah. Masterpiece, which means it has a chance of happening right now because that's where the market is. So, you know, if someone out there has an idea, you should, uh, should write Seth in on this a little bit. No, we start our own third party company. We only do add ons. For Masterpiece Ironhide. And we're called Crazy Ironhide. I dig it. Well, this guy is supposed to be out this month. So we're probably going to... if an established third-party company just wants to send me a check for the idea, I'll accept that too. Right, because paying for the idea stuff is totally in line with... Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. Um, They're not criminals. <laughs> Well, we're going to hopefully know in the next couple of weeks, you know, how this figure turns out as a final finished piece, you know, what what the pros and cons are as far as his build quality and etc. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to messing with him. I don't I, I think he is going to probably not be my favorite masterpiece toy in the world. Um, there is a uh, voodoo robots who are doing uh, the currently on market unofficial Ironhide posted some side by side pictures, uh, which is real interesting because. Um, I don't have them handy, unfortunately, but both Ironhides, unofficial and official, kind of both looked okay, and they both did things better than the other one. And I never thought that Ironhide would be the one to present, like, the most problems for people. But it seems like there's something about the nature of, like, what his two modes look like that it's just real hard to get one into the other. Well, and everyone's trying to do something the original toy didn't do. Yeah. The original toy's robot mode was extremely simplistic. Didn't even have a head. Yeah. It wasn't supposed to. 
I'm uh, looking for that. It's supposed to have a little guy sitting inside. I'm looking for that comparison now. Because I really want to share it with you. I think I found it. Um, but yeah, they're like they're all they're trying to do something new, but uh, like different priorities lead to like what I think is re- a real interesting side by side where you've got like voodoo robots, which takes a few more liberties with like the overall aesthetic and has like a super messy backpack. Then you've got the official one, which is cleaner in other in other areas, but then has like like the messiest butt and a real ugly chest. <laughs> I don't know, man. Messiest butt. I might, I might give Ironhide a run for the money on the messy butt competition. Did you go to Chipotle's or something? Like, No, it's just something that happened. Now. <laughs> it's my life. My life is a messy butt. The Seth yeah, Buzzard story. Wet wipes. <laughs> Lots of them. Um... Anyway, you know, there's a there's because people like to get real hard and heavy about official versus unofficial. There's like heavy debates between these two toys. But like I look at them side by side and I'm just like they both kind of sit on the same plane. Well, I'm clicking through them now and. They both have problems. Yeah, but I would prefer the official one. I don't know. I think the official one looks better, in my opinion. I I really got to handle the official one. I I don't own the Voodoo Robots one, but I I had one for a good week and a half to put a review together. Uh And uh, it it had ups and downs, and I was like, I don't know if this is the way I would want this done, but there's nothing about the official one that's categorically telling me otherwise. And, yeah, it's, it's real hard to say. Like, the official one does some stuff much better, but then... In doing that stuff, like, I guess, like, can't do some of the other stuff that the Voodoo one does. And the Voodoo one hides the bumper, which makes me really happy. <laughs> so, we'll see how it all turns out. But, uh, I'm going to close all these tabs up so I don't get myself confused. And talk about my own new picture pick. Which is a third-party add-on item. Uh, this is by Venksta. I'm doing this one because... For whatever reason, I've ended up being a person who kind of is into the Motormaster Optimus Prime toy from Combiner Wars. So what Venks has done is uh, Repro Labels did a sticker sheet, a huge sticker sheet, to turn Battlecore Optimus into Thunderclash. That's the white Optimus into the European dude. Uh, so what Venks is doing is a new head and new gun to finish that off, basically, because the Repro Labels sheet can't actually change the head. It just changes the colors of some parts of the head. So with the Vengsta kit, you turn him into, a, I think, a really good-looking version of Thunderclash. Um, the sticker sheet, of course, is like an extra 16 bucks that you've got to get separately. And it does a lot of the work, but Vengsta's gun and head, like, finish it off so well. Um, I wanted to highlight this because uh, I like Thunderclash a lot. Um, and I think this is a really cool thing. What if I didn't want Thunderclash, but I did want Machine Wars Optimus Prime. So someone literally asked that on Venkst's Facebook page, saying, would you do and a Machine Wars Optimus version? How many curse words did Venkst answer with? None. He said, I would love oh. to, but there's no reparable <laughs> sheet for Machine Wars Optimus. So get reparables to do a sheet first. Otherwise, it'll just be a new head, and it won't actually look like Machine Wars Optimus. Also, while you're petitioning uh, reparables to do that, Tell them to start working on sick um, van murals for Ironhide. 
I'm super hoping that like there's there's a guy who works with them. I don't know who it is, but they've had some sheets come out which had like option sidings for cars and vans that were ridiculous. Uh, I can't remember one off the top of my head now. I think like one of them was the Fans Project Protector trailer where it was like actual like photorealistic flame inside of the flame design. Just like over huh. the top crazy. And yeah. Wizard fighting a dragon. Wizard fighting a dragon on the back of an Aztec warlord who is carrying a woman. All at the same time. That's weird. I wanted to highlight this because I think it's real cool. Um, there's only like 50 being made in the second run. And it's a super niche item. So that's about as many as need to be made. And Vanks just still does all of his casting by himself. Um, so I don't think he should be doing more than 50, but, uh, check it out if you want to, and if they're still available, uh, or at least look at the pretty pictures and yo, Thunderclash, um, Thunderclash, yo, Thunderclash, Thunderclash is, is, he's not in the, the current comics much, but he's had a couple appearances in the current comics, which were quite fun. So that also lent to me having some additional, uh, love for the character. Um, I've been trying to think of a, of a name for the combined mode for this guy when he's a torso, and I was trying to think of something properly Ace Rimmer, and I was like, Thunder Ace. And then I went to check to see if that's already a robot somewhere, and as far as I can tell, it isn't. So that's my original idea, do not steal. Thank you. So why does it have to be Ace Rimmer? So in the comic books, uh, he's, like, the joke is he's written a whole lot like Ace Rimmer from uh, mm -hmm. Red Dwarf. Uh, which is a whole different explanation of a joke that probably would take it far too off track for this podcast. I've seen enough Red Dwarf to know Ace Rimmer's deal. Yeah. So Thunderclash shows up, and he's the Ace Rimmer to Rodimus's Arnold Rimmer. And hijinks ensue. What a guy. Uh, Seth... Hey. We got Bacon toys we can talk about because now we have Bacon. all the pictures. So this is, this is what we've been waiting for, is for all were the pictures. all these toys hidden in eggs? The, no, they weren't. These were not revealed in giant egg carton things in a hotel room or whatever. These were just put on the internet. Um, but we've got the full reveal for the, uh, the Botcon set for this year, which is the Predicus. Um... Which is the Tripredicus Council, Agent Ravage, and uh, Agent Tarantulas. It's not Tripredicus anymore because there's five of them, so he's just the Predicus. And I'm just going to throw it out there. In Korea, they have a five-car combiner called Pentastorm, which kind of legitimized Penta as being a badass prefix. I think Pentapredicus would have been really cool as a name. I'm, sh I'm sure I could just call him that and no one would really care. But I would have liked to see that in writing. Pentapredicus. Just saying. So uh, the Tripredicus Council, Ravage and Tarantulas are a bunch of Combiner Wars toys. And Ravage and two of the Tripredicus guys have new heads. And the Combined Mode has a new head. Uh, the Combined Mode new head, apparently the, the, the purple horn in the middle is a separate piece that will fold down. Uh, and it's based very much on the Tripredicus toy Combiner head. Um, the other three guys are based on their in-show models from when they were sitting at a round table with a red light, and they were all creepy. Um, the big thing I want to highlight about this is the box art. Marcelo Matier and Josh Perez did the box art, and it's completely done in the style of all the current Combiner Wars and Unite Warriors boxes, which I really like, because that means it actually would fit in with someone who is just collecting the Combiners. I think that's really cool, 
and it's great that it's subsuming itself into an existing style rather than doing like some kind of big crazy like painted deal or something like this is a case where i think dialing it back and i say that in the biggest quotation marks because marcelo matir's artwork for combiner wars has been awesome but uh i i really like this approach to the package this this is a pleasant surprise to see um so seth i don't think we've talked at all about these on the podcast at least you and me so no. uh how are you feeling about about the look of this set uh i don't know it's not something i'm getting super excited about i brought up i, I was just looking up images of the tri predicus council because it wasn't something i was overly familiar with mm-hmm. um so what show is this from it's from beast wars yeah that's what it looks like i guess i missed the episodes that had the Tripartitus Council was that later or earlier? It was later. It's it's the episode that Ravage appears in. Um, there's a cut to them. They're apparently on Cybertron having a secret meeting, and they're like, uh-huh. "Hey, we got to go take out that guy calling himself Megatron to so send the special agent to go and terminate him." Okay, yeah, I do. Yeah, I did miss most of the episodes that had Ravage. Yeah. So okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. So all you see of these guys in the show is like sitting under a lamp yeah you see their heads and they all basically have the same body and they have like really weird looking heads and then oh, no, their their bodies look pretty different in this image oh i i, I mean yeah I, I should rephrase that i mean like they're all they're basically all a head they're simple looking yeah they're a head arms and then like a tube um but the the biggest defining thing about them is their head designs and the red glow uh, which, so there was a lot of debate about that, which I was kind of a part of for a little bit because I thought it was weird to paint these guys red when I felt in the scene, the implication was that they were being illuminated by a red light that was in front of them. Um, and the big contention comes from when one of them grabs the lamp overhead and his hand is glowing red, but the lamp is like white and it's not casting different light in his hand. Uh, apparently someone contacted an animator who worked on the show who said, Here's the thing, their models were red for dramatic effect, and we didn't have the technology to have, like, the light cast a different shade of light on them. So they are technically red, but we never intended it for, to be, like, this big a deal that you guys are all arguing about. <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, because in in this still picture, the three of them, it seems pretty apparent that they're supposed to be red and white, or red and chrome. And the little glowing red deals in front of them are partially illuminating them more. And maybe that's where, like, the glow look comes from with the reflection of the red light. But, like, with this one dude that's all the way to the left of the image, you see part of him that's below the table and thus would be below the red light. Mm. And that is still red. Yeah, and according to the animator, that was, like, the idea was that they would be just cast in red light and for the sake of technological limitations their models were colored with red textures um so that it wasn't all just like lighting stuff uh either way at the end of the day it's one of those it's one of those debates that that becomes could unicron beat up the death star where like artistic intent versus technological limitation becomes such a complete mess it's like look does it actually matter that much um the reason why I was I was uh, interested in that discussion with the toys is that I think that when they're all just red and silver dudes, 
it's not my favorite combination of colors in the world. Like, it's fine, but uh, these guys, their names and the, the combined mode head is coming from the toy Tripredicus, which has a much different color scheme that I think would have looked way cooler on these toys. Um, I'll grab you a picture of Tripredicus just for reference. Yeah, well, I was just comparing the uh, the Botcon figures heads to what we see in this image from the show. And I can really see, like, what they, the ram horn, like, what they're trying to do there. Like, this one dude that's to the left of this image looks, like, really weird. Yep. Like, like cool. Like, I think it's cool looking, but um, that dude looks like he was probably very hard to try to translate into one of these combiner or, combiner or molds. Yeah, that dude ended up being the torso guy, uh, C-Clamp. Yeah. And uh, like you can see in the image where it's just like it's the CG, I think, design of the head sculpt photoshopped in like it looks friggin weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the uh, so th- this whole set, the to me, the upside of them all being red was that three fifths of the combiner would be color unified um, and seeing the combined mode picture like that is definitely happening uh, and and ravage and ravage. Not so much. Um Tarantulas more so, like, does stick out in the way that I kind of thought he would stick out. Um, so, I don't know. Like, and, and seeing the toy colors, Predicus, or Tri-Predicus head on the mostly red body, the chest plate helps a lot uh, in breaking up the red. Um, but there's, there's something about it where I, I'm kind of falling into the camp of people who would have loved to see toy colors on the whole. Um, you know, like, one green arm and... I sent you a picture and I've lost it now. Uh, one green arm and like one brown arm and then like a kind of brown or dark torso. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of would have liked that. I don't know. I, I like a more unified color scheme with a combiner because it's not something you get all the time. Um, and by using Tarantulas and Ravage for his legs, I think works pretty good. Is then it's just like he's wearing dark pants. It's way right. better than if they were trying to like in the art. Like you can switch them up there, of course. But yeah, I think it, well, they, yeah, they work way better they, as I legs. I think those two look better as yeah, yeah. They work better as the legs, and for me, in my opinion, and the ravage is cool. Like of all of them, um, I think the ravage is pretty neat. Yeah, I think the colors on the tarantulas are amazing. Um, apparently, in the combined mode, that tarantulas has been photoshopped slightly because they're trying to get like that very specific dark, dark blue that the, the transmetal tarantulas toy had. Um, so that, that's kind of neat to see. Like, I like the way the green windows pop out on him. Like he's, it's, it's, it's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, uh, the overall set, like it looks okay. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's parts of it that super don't work for me, but I really like the combined head sculpt. Like that's a really good tripredicus head. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it looks like once it's in hand and fully produced. But then the whole thing, I don't, I don't know. It seems like, so the Tri-Predicus Council, they're like the leaders of the Predacons or the ruling council of Predacons. Something like that. The democratically and, secretly voted council. <laughs> yeah. Now they're all vehicles. It seems, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, but, um, 
Yeah, if you're gonna have Ravage turn into a vehicle, like that Lamborghini is pretty slick looking. Yeah, that's a it's you know it's it's kind of an alternator's Ravage homage, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It just the whole thing is kind of the whole feel of the set. Just it, it doesn't really click for me because mm-hmm. it, it is you're taking Predacons and turning them into vehicles, and then. They're combiners, so it's like they wanted to do a combiner, and they're doing a like a really deep cut reference, like they like to do, which is great mm-hmm. because I'm sure Hasbro had no concept of ever doing anything with the Tripartitus Council. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're like, no, we were sitting on those characters. You can't have them. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's almost like them forcing together two things that they wanted to do that both maybe have been better served being separate ideas at different times. Like, yeah, do a combiner, but maybe save the Tripredicus council for a different concept. I don't know. Yeah. That's, you know, and I can't fault anyone who's excited for it because there are some cool elements and aspects to it. It just, it, doesn't ring my bell. I think you hit it on the Except head for the ravage. Like like this this does feel kind of like two very passionate ideas being made to work together. Uh-huh. Um that that that's a real succinct way to put it that I think is is quite apt. And yeah, yeah like everything that I think is cool about it is kind of like of happenstance. It's like, well, if you're doing it this way, then these parts turned out pretty neat. But uh, yeah, like I like combiner wars a lot, so it's like hey, any combiner like if I I would not say don't give me that, but I'm not going to BotCon this year, so I'm probably going to just be spectating this unless the thing sits around on the aftermarket for a billion years like last year's toys or whatever. Yeah, like if this set was being sold in stores, I would probably just get the Ravage mm. and skip the rest. Because I, I really think the Ravage is cool. Yeah, like I, I really think that it's weird. Ravage and Tarantulas, I think, are the coolest looking toys of the set, but they're almost like the ones that they're the ones that least need to be here for the sake of the set's <laughs> concept. <laughs> and Tarantulas, as Rook, I still like. I think the colors are doing a valiant attempt, along with the new head, but Tarantulas out of Rook just doesn't really stoke my fires all that much like i think he well, looks fine but <laughs> and that seems like a, a microcosm version of what i was just saying about the whole set where it's yeah. like everyone seems to really like the rook mold because it's cool and tarantulas is a really popular predacon and we want to use the rook mold and we want to use trans tarantulas so let's force these two things together. Yeah, and then, and then after the fact, it's like, oh, by the way, we figured out a way to get his spider eyes to appear all over the thing. And so it's like, okay, yeah, once you're doing it, you are doing some really cool stuff with it. But yeah, at the very base level, it's kind of like, this is a strange idea. Sure, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, And you know, saying that I'm putting like words into the mouths of people that may not have been thinking along those lines and oh yeah yeah i mean hopefully it goes without saying that what we're saying is just our interpretation looking at the pictures um 
I think Pete Sinclair did a he did an interview the other day. I don't know if they talked about uh, the the design process on these things, but the stuff I gleaned off Twitter is apparently uh, General Ramhorn. He's the brawl mold with the with the drill bit accessory. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently, the copy they have the waste works fine because um, they had some in hand copies uh, on the podcast they were on. Uh, so apparently the waist works fine and the heads are turning out okay. Uh, four horsemen worked on the heads, which is kind of cool. And apparently for Ravage, the first head that the four horsemen turned in, uh, Fun Publications said that it was too feline and had to be dialed back a little bit. Um, and that's all. The which head was too feline? Uh, Ravage. And who complained that it was Fun no. Pub? I think they said that the head was too feline uh, well, and had to be. They know he's the panther, right? So I'm just paraphrasing what I heard because, yes, at a glance, I would probably be reacting the way you're reacting. Uh, but it's there's some Four Horsemen work on here, which uh, is is always cool to see outside of, like, He-Man. Four Horsemen's like, you saw when we did that whole line of, like, cat people toys, right? <laughs> We're actually pretty good at doing, like, cat heads. You've got this You got this guy who's a jet. You sure you don't want, like, a bird head? We, we, we've been sculpting hell of bird heads lately. Like, look. Yo, you want one of these dudes to be a toucan? <laughs> we have the best toucan head sculpt. Just tell us. Where, oh, you don't want a toucan? Sorry, I thought this was a Beast Wars year. <laughs> Bomb up. Um, I'm curious to see how a four horseman tarantula's head turns out because that would be them having to do like a very specific Transformers character head, uh, which could be pretty cool. But anything else you want to add about the Predicus? Not really. What if I told you the box set will also come with a collectible pin? What? They've done that before, so it's like yeah, yeah, to be expected. Um, my only my only remaining question. So I really like the box art, but I want to know: Is this going to still be one of those big, thick foam inlay boxes, or are they going to go like like the whole hog, which also potentially would cost less, which is to just do a Combiner Wars box, which would be thinner, but have printing on like all six sides um i'm assuming it's just going to be a foam inlay but yeah because well do you remember a bunch of years ago it might have been the last botcon i went to they were making a big deal about uh about the quality of the boxes and like it's the best cardboard you could get double like, double corrugated yeah double they're corrugated. making a big deal about about their boxes. So I think they're pretty proud of their boxes. I don't know if they would <laughs> scale down their boxes unless they needed to. Listen, we are known for double corrugated boxes. All right. Our boxes are the best in the biz. Double, triple corrugated cardboard. Are you going to stand there and tell me, Brian Savage, what to do with my boxes? That doesn't, don't you know who I am? It doesn't sound like Brian Savage to me. I'm sorry. I'm Brian Boxes Savage. <laughs> I got jorts and a fever. Is that Brian then in quotes boxes savage? Yeah. Excellent. That's a good his name. That's what they call him <laughs> on the streets. Unless you make him mad, then they call him the box. Because yeah. that's what he's going to put you in. Yeah. Put six you in feet box. under. <laughs> it's going to be a real nice box. Double corrugated. You won't, it won't be yeah, dented. You won't. you won't be able to appreciate it in the state you're going to be in. You're going to be in the nice comfortable foam inlay. Yeah. Counting your teeth. What's left of them. So that's Balkan 2016's box set. Um, 
there there was talk about the souvenirs and and stuff and then i got the impression on twitter that they had revealed souvenirs but they haven't and they probably won't so we got really nothing for those like there's tidbits but like we could just wait and see (laughs) um so yeah uh seth how would you like to do a listener question Hey, let's do a listener question. Would you believe I accidentally closed the tab that I had had our listener question in it? You dummy. Because maybe I did. Maybe I'm stalling as I go back to the listener question. Just kidding. It's right here in front of me. We have a listener question from Riddler87 who says, Hi, guys. I don't know if you've been asked something like this before on the podcast, but I was wondering if you guys had any rules for collecting to keep you from spending too much. The three rules for... Hang on. Airplay is messing with my program. That's not in the question. That's on my end. The three rules for most of my time collecting have been never spend more than $50 on a single figure. Why I never got into third party figures. I had to keep the factions even, and he's very strict about that one, and no repaints, which turned into Seekers are an exception, which turned into whatever Combiner Wars is love. (laughs) And, you know, I'm just going to say right away, when it comes to personal rules, making exceptions for them is like the best thing in the world because at the end of the day, you're your own boss. So he says, just wondering if you guys had any self-guidelines like these or if you think my rules are crazy. Either way, have fun with this. Click. So, Seth, do you have any... Any hard and fast or uh, or fun and flexible rules for your collecting? I only have one rule. Mm-hmm. And there's no exceptions to this rule. And that rule is there are no rules. Oh! Zero rules. If I had a dime for every rule, I'd have zero dimes. You'd be broke. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have rules. Um, I have self-control nowadays or i'm trying to anyway i'm sure my girlfriend would like if there were rules and she would like to make up the rules uh, but, um no no rules yeah I, i'm trying to hang back on third party more because it is so much more expensive and i'm trying to be more um Not just like buy everything, but a little more pick and choose in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, the the whole combiner war thing made it hard to pick and choose. It it made it more buy everything. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of hoping I'll be able to get a little more pick and choosey with Titan Wars. Well, you're you're not gonna or, have uh, it implied Titan that you need bosses in- or whatever it's called. You're not gonna have it implied. You need an entire wave to complete the experience with Titan's right. return. So I'm not gonna have that excuse. That's right. You're just gonna I'm not gonna be able to say I gotta get all these, otherwise I can't do the thing. Like, listen, I need every headmaster because how am I gonna know what everyone looks like with every headmaster if I don't have right. every headmaster? It's like, well, I need to buy this Morbius Marvel character, otherwise I won't have all the body parts for this other Marvel character. The Absorbing Man, Duh. my favorite Marvel character. Yeah, and now I gotta buy all these DC characters so I can build Batman's gun. Are you doing that? No. Okay, I was, I was going to take you aside for a second. Because, <laughs> okay, can we just, for just one second, have, have you ever seen someone miss the point of build a figure to such a point where it's like, buy all the figures and build a miniature gun? Like, this, you're not building a figure, you're not building a roleplay gun, you're building a small gun. No. Yeah, so I saw those figures for the first time last night, and there's, like, two sets of figures with a build a thing so one's that the gun and the other is like 
some big robot dude. Mm -hmm. And I think they both look just silly. At least the, the robot, robot dude is silly looking. But at least it's a robot dude who goes with yeah, the other figures you've been it's buying. It's a robot dude, but it's silly looking. It's not like I'm gonna and I'm gonna buy a bunch of six inch figures and then have like a one thirtieth scale pistol as well. Yeah, and <laughs> I got really close to buying. Can you bleed armor, Batman? But I was pulled away before. I... No one should be buying. Do you bleed armor, Batman? For a retail oh, price, man, you're such a hater. I saw him and I almost did it, and then I was like, wait, this thing's like twenty bucks. This is stupid, and I'm getting a piece of a gun, not one thirtieth scale. I should be more fair. It's more like one like third scale or whatever. Yeah, but the piece of the gun that you get with the Do You Bleed Armored Batman is like the the stand. <laughs> so it's like this golden bat symbol looking thing. So you can just put him on it. Yeah, so you just put him on it, or you could like lean it against the back of a display, or you can do all kinds of stuff with that. It's not like you got like a, the handle of a gun or something, and you're like, what am I going to do with this? At least it's shaped like a bat thing. I guess. But yeah. I, I would encourage I would encourage that that's, that's a line full of pre-regret. Or was that just the bat fleck that came with that? No, yeah, no. I think the armor D bleed Batman came with just it came with a very small piece, a piece so small you just throw it in the trash. No, you just give it to him as like a piece of debris that he's like throwing at Superman or whatever. Right, because that would work. Yeah, throw debris <laughs> at Superman. No one's ever thought of that. Zod, if Zod had thought of that, he would have won that fight. No, the the guy that was the voice of Roger Rabbit, I remember seeing a stand up show that he was on doing stand-up and he was talking about like the old um superman tv show from the 50s mm -hmm. and how it drove him crazy as a kid because the bad guys would like be shooting at superman with a gun and he'd just be standing there taking all the bullets because what does he carry superman and the the bad guy would like shoot all the bullets empty the gun in superman and then out of frustration throw the gun at superman mm-hmm and he said it drove him crazy because in the show, Superman would always duck out of the way of the gun that was thrown at his head. <laughs> so he'd true. stand there and take all the bullets, and then he'd duck out of the way of the gun. And the way the, the show was edited, they were, like, intersplicing him on stage doing the, the bit with clips from old Superman. And sure enough, there he is, ducking out of the way of the gun. What if the gun had kryptonite in the handle, you know? What if it did? Yeah. Yeah, play it safe. Exactly. Uh, well, my anyway, yeah, what were we talking, we're about? talking about rules for collecting? Rules for collecting, don't um, buy do you bleed Batman? Yeah, don't, don't buy that series. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't have any good rules, but I've been trying to adhere to a few, which is like, don't buy things just because I think I could make a video out of them because that's gone wrong many times. Oh, yeah, oh man, when I was doing my little photo comic, I bought a bunch of just garbage because I thought maybe I could do a joke involving this. Yeah. And then I made one photo comic and then I just had this thing that I spent money on. Yeah. Or I've seen stuff where it's like, Hey, that's new and fresh. Like I should just buy one and make a video review out of it. But I already have a billion other video reviews I want to make. I get home. I'm not very passionate about this thing. I just bought, I forget about it months pass. And I'm like, Oh, right. I have this stupid toy that I was going to videotape, <laughs> but what's the point now? Um, and I also try – what I'm trying to do now more more recently, especially with a lot of third-party stuff, is I'm trying to not start new sets of toys until I finish the sets that I know I want to finish. 
like uh, like right now I'm, I'm one figure away from finishing what I would consider to be the full set of the Planet X Dinobots. Um, and then I've got uh, I've got half of the Toy World Throttle Bots and I've got two parts of Fans Project's Dino King. And I'm sitting there going like I should at least finish those Throttle Bots before I start anything else. So I don't have all these like half finished sets of things that are supposed to combine together or like display together. So that's something I'm trying to do. I'm terrible at it still. But, um, like, yeah, I, I, I'm not a very self-disciplined person, so I don't have a whole lot of rules. Um, this is a perfect kind of question for listeners to chime in in the thread. And if you have any personal rules yourselves, uh, share them. And don't feel weird about them, because the best part about personal rules are that they are only for you. So if someone goes like, hey, your personal rules are stupid, that's like, I don't even know a good analogy. It's stupid if you're going to go around telling people their personal rules are dumb. So don't worry about it. Just share away. Someone comes in going like, hey, I think your personal rules have issues, then we'll deal with yeah, that what, person. What are they? The personal rule police? Yeah, hey, listen, I hear you don't like to spend more than $50 on toys. Let me tell you about all the things you're missing out on. It's like, yo, I think they know about the things you're missing out on. The reason it's a personal rule is so they don't spend tons of money on toys. Uh, so yeah, it's a good question. I wish I had a better answer, but I guess that's more indicative of my own lifestyle <laughs> than anything else. Um, Seth, you want to just go into what we got this week? Sure. I'm always asking now, whenever we hit the point where an intermission would happen, if I'm real peppy, and I'm usually peppy now, I'm just like, hey, do you want to keep going or not? Sometimes we break, sometimes we don't, but Seth, Seth, you want to push on? As long as I don't have to use the lavatory, or I've run out of water or whatever I'm drinking, and my throat's getting scratchy, and I know I'm just going to end up coughing a lot, then I'm fine with continuing. Then let's... Let's tally forth into Transformers what we got this week. Seth, hey. how heavy is your loot bag this week? I don't I don't even have a loot bag. I just I don't have anything. It's still in the cupboard. Yeah. Folded up. Yeah. It's cool. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have had anything either, but I found It's not like the good old days where I felt like I had to buy something before the show and they go, <laughs> I don't know, I got this, it's lame. That's another great. I wish I had fifteen dollars or twenty dollars or whatever. Still, that's another great rule to have for collecting: is don't buy things just to talk about them once on a podcast, and then be completely dispassionate about it. Yeah, I got this stupid thing. It sucks. I don't know. Uh, well, I got a toy I've been looking for um, from the the current Robots in Disguise line. Uh, this is this is the other new toy that shipped with Fracture, and I got Fracture, and I talked a whole lot about how much I like Fracture. Um, the other new toy you shipped with is another Decepticon uh, called Megatronus. And this is the guy who, uh, in the show, was voiced by uh, the dude who played Buck Rogers, I believe. Um, I'm going to find you a picture, Seth. Of Okay, this is like... Like old school 1970s Buck Rogers or some other Buck old Rogers? Old school, I believe. Old school? Unless I'm, I'm messing it up. He, he did a terrible job, unfortunately. <laughs> he was a really bad voice actor for this character. Um, well, that's too bad. Yeah, it bummed me out because I was really maybe psyched. They got, maybe they shouldn't got. Maybe they should have gotten the guy that played Tweaky on Buck Rogers because he has experience doing robot voices. Yeah, he knows what it's like to be a bot. Yeah. Um, this doesn't show you the alt mode. That sucks. Here, oh, I found a picture of the alt mode. This is another CAD render, but the toy looks a lot like this. You're a CAD. Yep, terrible CAD. So uh, 
This guy, I think Fracture's a better toy than this guy, only because Fracture's alt mode is also, like, super solid, whereas Megatronus' alt mode is a giant gun attached to a set of treads. Yeah. Um, which, has, in its own way, is real cool, but it's a little unbalanced because the gun sticks really far forward, but the treads stick really far backwards. So from the side, he looks like the letter S. Uh, and I wish that the turret uh, could have slid back a little bit or, or vice versa, the treads could have slid forward a bit. He does have an incredibly solid transformation to get there, uh, especially since his robot mode is pretty detailed and has like big shoulder pads and things. Uh, it's a very well-designed transformation and a lot of the joints are super tight, very well, well built. Uh, he's got like the build quality of Fracture. Uh, they are both really good toys. Um, and like, like with a lot of rid toys right now, if you can get him for not $20, like for less than $20, uh, I think he's, he's super worth it. If you like the character design, like he's a very solid toy. Him and fracture are both benefiting from happening in like year two of this toy line because they're, they're built really well. And the transformation, like, you know, for such an abstract alt mode, the transformation is really succinct and solid. And like his arms and legs disappear into just two treads and a, and a gun basically. Um, and like, I don't know, like it's, it's the kind of transformation that yes, at a glance, like he's just closing his arms and leaning his legs back, but it is engineered in such a way that it's a lot cleaner than that. Um, fracture is still more, more impressive in turning into a motorcycle, but yeah, Megatronus is, is pretty damn, pretty damn cool. Uh, he's quite posable. Um, all things considered, like there's nothing really missing from him. Like he's got a waist joint even, which a lot of toys in this line have been missing. Um, and his elbows have got these like super, super tight detents. And then his shoulder pads even have super clicky tight detents as well. Uh, and it doesn't feel like chintzy detents, at least on mine. Like they feel pretty good. Um, and like, you know, the, the legs have got a good range of posability. He's got a good solid, like past 90 degrees knee bend. Uh, I'm really impressed with him. Um, he and Fracture both are, are pretty good. And, and it looks like, you know, the next wave, the next two new toys in this line are two more Decepticons. If the end of this R.I.D. 2015 line is just a bunch of Decepticons getting their due and reaping the benefits of being in year two of a toy line, like, if that's how the line's going to go, that's not a bad way to go. Because the Decepticons are by far the most interesting designs in, in the whole show. And... There was one Decepticon toy released in the Warrior class last year. So seeing more of them happen and as kind of better toys than most of the Autobots, like I, I kind of like that. So uh, yeah, Megatronus, it's pretty cool. Uh, there's a Toys R Us exclusive version that has different paint apps, but just slightly different and a different head sculpt where his face mask is like closed or as uh, Silent G called it, his oven face is closed. Um <laughs> The Japanese version is going to have the open mask face, but like a whole bunch more paint apps. So if you want to wait for that, there's going to be that too. Um, pretty good toy. Uh, no, not pretty good. Very good toy. Uh, the only major issue I have with them, it's the exact same issue I had with the Optimus and the Grimlock toys in this price point. They're all the same height as Bumblebee and Strongarm and everybody else. So Megatronus is way too short when you put him next to the other toys in the line. But he does look great next to Optimus, which is like the one toy he has to look great next to. So I don't know. Um, I really like him. Taking into account that the Rid toys are all basically the same height, uh, that caveat aside, like he's very, very well built. Um, that's my report. Yeah, I remember when it was either after the BotCon or Comic-Con or whenever when 
when there were pictures of this vehicle mode. I remember thinking it was pretty cool. I still think it looks pretty cool. It's a it's bummer pretty cool. that it sounds like it's not balanced very well, though. It's It doesn't, like, fall over. Like, like the toy is really well balanced. It's just visually the turret sticks, f- like, forward and the treads extend back. Yeah. And it's just kind of weird. Like, it's, it's not, like, a damning thing, really. It just looks weird. Well, it it looks like a cross between the sort of newer redesign of the Cobra Hiss tank and something from Tron. Yeah. There's definitely, like, a Tron thing going on with it. Yeah, with, like, the angles. But, like, I'm, I'm bouncing you a picture of the redesigned Hiss tank where it's kind of, like, going the other direction from the Hiss tank. But, like, how it has, yeah. like, the bit sticking way out. Yeah, imagine, like, that... It, actually, the Hiss tank, if that bit was the turret, that still would be a little bit nicer looking. Imagine if, like, yeah... Um, actually, I, I can't think of a way to really analogize it to the Hiss tank, but that's, a, like, it's a good parallel of, yeah, like, a weird balance of parts. Yeah. And it's not just a gun on treads. It's a gun on treads with a bayonet. The bayonet is pretty great. <laughs> Because uh, he can leave it in there in his robot mode so that he, instead of having, like, a fusion cannon, he just has a giant spear sticking out of his arm. Um, but you can also take it off and, like, put it in his hand. But that seems like the weak way to do things. It reminds me of the drive me closer so I could hit it with my sword picture. <laughs> uh, oh, also... Have be- you seen it? So that's a... Like, a, it's a piece of Warhammer 40k art. Yeah. Of... An Imperium tank and a uh, like a commissar sticking out at the top of the turret. Yeah, and the commissar waving pose. a sword around. Yeah, yeah, with holding <laughs> a sword up, and someone added the cop caption, "Drive me closer, so I could hit it with my sword." I always loved, I always loved pilot figures in 40k for tanks because they were always in like the most ridiculous poses to like to pop the hatch of a tank, get out of the tank, and then just assume that pose. I always felt like you're the guy who's going to get shot first. Well, it's just you're so it's a worked up going into war. You're just like, yeah, for my emperor. Uh, I was just going to say, because of the waist joint, Megatronus's tank mode totally has a, a working turret swivel. And it's pretty great. You can point his bayonet oh, around. You can, like, can I turn it sideways? Yeah, you can. It's kind of messy. You can kind of turn the bayonet sideways so you can just like swivel his turret around and cut people in half. So I went looking for that image and I found a My Little Pony version. Excellent. Excellent. Brony's got to wreck everything. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd be more scared of like an anthropomorphic-ish pony waving a sword around inside of a tank than... And it's an H tank, too. It's not even a good tank. It's a pretty good color for a tank. Lavender. Yeah, I would be friggin' terrified of a lavender tank. I don't know. If it was an H-tank coming at me, I'd be like, what are you doing in an H-tank? Get a real tank. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I did not know you had it in for H-tanks. I thought Transformer fans hated H-tanks. I thought Transformer fans just grew accustomed to H-tanks. Mm, I thought there was still beef. I, I don't know. I'm out of touch. Unless the beef got squashed while I wasn't looking. It might have. Would you be mad if it was, or would you be like, hey, good on you for squashing that beef? I wonder why I wasn't invited to the beef squash. Sometimes you got to do it privately. You know? 
set some mood lighting and squash <sighs> some beef. Seth, that's all my Transformers I got this week. Okay. Um, did you do well? You you got at least one very cool thing this week. Off topic. Yeah. Way off topic. Extremely off topic. Yeah. So our furniture madness continues. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some furniture, and we have like so. I talked about how we ordered a bunch of furniture last time. That hasn't come yet. But then there was another piece of furniture that was ordered that I forgot was ordered. <laughs> it was ordered from a website. And then that trip to Costco was to pick up another piece of furniture. But that's, I mean, it's cool looking. It's a cool looking cabinet, but that's not what we're talking about. So we got this table. So we've been kind of like... So for our new house, we wanted like a smaller diameter round table to have near the kitchen. And we've been going back and forth. Like, do we just want to get a little table or do we want to get a like a pub table, which is a much higher surface? Like where you would sit at a stool for like a, a taller stool or stand at. And then my girlfriend had stumbled across some adjustable tables that can be lower or taller. And then she had stumbled across this one that has a crank and you crank it up higher. It's not a little crank. No, the whole thing is very weighty. So the legs and the mechanism and everything except for the handle of the crank and the tabletop itself is iron. Man. So it's very heavy, which means it's very stable. Um, and then the handle and tabletop are mango wood, like solid mango wood. So it's not like your typical composite board with a veneer over the top. It's solid wood and it's like really kind of rustic looking in that the boards are, they, they don't match. So like this board is darker and this one has more knots in it and this one's lighter. So it's not uniform, which I think looks really cool. And I don't know, the whole thing looks awesome. And then you crank it up, you crank it down and we got to get some graphite or something to uh, smooth out the cranking. Cause man, it's super screeching, squeaky loud. That's <laughs> like, a a, that's an iron crank is what you've got <laughs> yeah. there. Just iron on iron, and there's nothing to smooth smooth it out. So that's going to be really cool when we get like the rest of our new furniture, which includes the new bar. So we'll like if we're going to have like a cocktail gathering or whatever, then we could crank it up, and we'll have the bar, and this will crank up to about the same height as the bar height. So then you could use it to to have drinks at and stand around instead of sitting down so um and we'll have stools and stuff so it's gonna be really cool when we get everything in and together and you can also just like start doing that crank if you just gotta get someone's attention or just like shut the room up yeah (laughs) yeah so we had actually found this thing on wayfair.com before uh before we even moved and we're like man that thing's cool but it was like 800 bucks and so we kind of put it out of our head and just looked for other adjustable size tables. And like, we'd see stuff that looked all right. And it's like, well, this one is like, it, like the, the gas cylinder, like in a desk chair, 
so it like pops up and down but it was like they had like weird chrome legs and then you don't know if it's going to be stable or wobbly yeah and then we just would just keep looking and we go to furniture stores and we'd look and we'd never see anything and uh or or we'd see something cool but it wasn't adjustable but or or like it wouldn't have been adjustable and the diameter would have been a lot larger than we were looking for because we have a we want to be smart about the space it's taking up like we found this one pub height table that had like this hammered copper um tabletop that looked really cool but it was a lot bigger diameter than we had space for Mm. and then um my girlfriend just was looking on wayfair again and they had they still had this thing but it was 50 percent off now so we're like all right let's go for it (laughs) cool i uh, i've been dismantling some furniture over here on the west coast where i am at the moment was coached I, uh, I tore a fence down today with a crowbar. Yeah, that's the best way to tear it down. Well, I got mad at it, too. So the best part was I got really mad about something while I was tearing it down. <laughs> and so the way I got to take my anger out was just to start hitting it really hard with the crowbar until I felt better. And it was great because it was all, like, mulched up, like, storm-destroyed wood. Uh, that's my favorite. when I When I can dismantle something and it doesn't have to ever be put back together again so I can just take my anger out on it, it's it's lovely. Just, there was oh. one time in my youth it must have been teenage years um i was being forced to do yard work i didn't want to do which included trying to dig this small tree out like very small tree yeah um and just getting mad because i didn't want to be doing it and it was a real pain in the ass trying to like shovel through the roots and just in a fit of rage i just like bear hugged the trunk of this thing and started twisting and pulling until I just ripped the whole thing up out of the ground. And, uh, as I was just like, and like run, like kind of turning in a circle around it and to try to like twist it out. Like my mom trying to calm me down. And I was just like, leave me alone. And just ripped it up out of the ground, threw it down and was like, I'm done. Yeah, when we started, we we thought like, oh, we can just do this with a claw hammer because it's just nailed together, and uh-huh. the claw hammer was not big enough. And after about five minutes of trying with the claw hammer, I was like, this is not. And I just like started smacking one of the joints with it. So I was like, well, maybe I could just break this fence down. Didn't work. Uh, but then we got the crowbar out, and I, I didn't know we had a crowbar here, and that made things a lot more violent, but uh, satisfyingly violent. By the way, I'm talking about doing this all to inanimate wood. Don't take your anger out on humans with a crowbar. That's a very different story. It's called Half-Life. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. I don't know, man. I got hit in the head with a crowbar once. I don't want to be hit in the head with a crowbar. That seems like that would hurt. Yeah. Like, I was just using a crowbar today. It didn't feel nice. I was on top of a ladder. That sounds like you also <laughs> could fall off a ladder after getting hit in the head with a crowbar. Yeah. I put a lot of effort into not being knocked unconscious. And getting down the ladder as quickly as I Point, could. Pointed amount of effort, in fact. It was like, bong, <laughs> oh no, I gotta get down this ladder. Everything was starting to go a little dim. <laughs> I see the timers on the sides of my user interface. Wait, I'm a human being. Oh, I must have got hit really hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fun tearing a fence down. Um, 
And then I, I ended on also ripping some nails out of something that the nails didn't need to be in anymore. Just kept using the crowbar, because why not? Um, Seth, I, I, I actually got a toy thing off topic this week. Sick. And it's video Which, game yeah. related. What? So video game? Maybe you've heard of Todd McFarlane. I have heard of Todd McFarlane. So he currently, his toy company. He's the guy that draws Spider-Man. His toy. The his toy, Gray Hulk. Toy company makes Assassin's Creed toys. Oh, weird. Uh, they took the license from NECA. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Took it. They just took it. <laughs> Todd McFarlane just walked into the NECA offices. He's like, I want to, I like Assassin's Creed. Give it to me. It's mine now. So uh, at my local London I'm Drugs. Todd. Uh, this wave that I sent you a picture of, they have on sale now for $7 a figure. Um, and I just played the uh, the Pirates Assassin's Creed games on my computer. So I really like Adewale and I really like Aveline because there was like a, a standalone DLC story for her that was really cool. So I don't, I don't know Connor that well, so I left him on the shelf. But I picked up Adewale and Aveline. Uh, Aveline's actually not that bad a figure for $7. <laughs> Adewale is troubled. Um... I don't know what McFarlane is, Toys is doing. They tried to have ratcheted joints for the elbows and knees, and those work on Aveline, but on Adewale, they super don't work. His knees just kind of flop around. Uh, also, Adewale does not seem to have a waist joint, and his head is on a ball joint, but his hood was glued down until I tried to move his head around a lot, which then popped the hood off of his shoulders <laughs> and showed me that it was supposed to be glued down. And I was like, well, that's not a good idea. Uh... And uh, also, like, both of them, their hip joints, I, this must be how they do them on the Halo figures they do as well. I just haven't messed with those Halo figures. Uh, they use, like, a double barbell ball joint system for the hips. So it's like the leg goes onto a ball socket joint that then ball sockets into the pelvis. And it's, like, kind of limited by the sculpt that's around it. Um, they're weird figures. I like the Aveline because she her joints actually work and she has a waist joint and she can wear a hat pretty well and like comes with a whip her weapons all kind of work they all kind of fit into the holsters on her out holsters don't work quite as well um so the, the aveline figure is a great seven dollars canadian figure out for seven dollars canadian maybe not so much but uh i saw them on sale and those characters were fresh in my mind and i was like i want to i want to give this mcfarlane assassin's creed thing a try and i think i'm done giving it a try after those two that's that's enough for me. Yeah, McFarlane toys seem to be a really weird thing a lot of the times. Like, <clears throat> like either they're going to be okay in regard to articulation, or they're going to be a, effectively a statue that has articulation that you don't want to move because then it looks weird. Like, oh, I can move this arm, but now it looks like his shoulder's dislocated. Well, the, these ones have the thing where they have articulation, but then the sculpt doesn't really go out of its way to allow the articulation to do yeah. its work. Yeah, McFarlane usually seems more concerned with the sculpting than posability. What, what blows my mind is Adewale and Aveline both have got these long tunics that cover their hips up. So it's like their hips are restricted for the sake of a sculpt that you don't even see. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. And I mean, I've heard that there are similar ridiculous problems on some of their Halo toys where it's like all this money is spent on these multi-component joint systems that the sculpt around the joint systems then restricts to like 10 degrees of movement. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I feel like I'm getting ripped off for this parts count because I'm not even using half of these parts. You could have just put a cut V crotch in and it would have been the same thing. Uh, 
But like like I said, Aveline turned out pretty well. Um, Adewale, I, I don't know how he didn't turn out as well, because there's there's not much different about the two of them as, as far as their builds. Like, you could say, oh, one's a male figure, one's a female figure. But as far as the figures are built, like, they're they're quite similar in construction. Um, I think, I, like, I must have just got a bum out of Wale or something, because his knees suck on mine. Um, they do have, a, like, you know, they have a lot of weapons, and they have holsters for all their weapons, which is cool. Uh, and they've got the hidden blade thing where it's just you peg on or off like the hidden blades that are either deployed or, you know, retracted. Um, I wish that there were better, uh, Assassin's Creed figures on the market because Assassin's Creed has got really cool character designs and these McFarlane ones just seem troubled and they seem troubled in ways that do not improve at all in the ways that the NECA ones were troubled. Uh, the NECA ones, I think actually had better hips. And were of a more impressive scale. So, whatever. I gave it a try for as cheap as I could. And, uh, you know, no one can blame anyone but me. Um, Seth, have you, uh, have you, I don't remember, have you kept up much with Assassin's Creed as a game series? Or have you kind of just let it happen on the side? No, I, I played two Assassin's Creed games. Okay. Brotherhood was the last one. And then I bought the, uh, the piratey one. The one that's after the one with Connor, yeah. which apparently everybody super hated. And I bought it during a time where, like, I wasn't... I just... I didn't have any time to play video games. And it's just sat there. I've never played it. I uh, So I got it during a Steam sale. Let it sit there for months. And then back around December, November-ish, I was just really down. And I needed just a game to lose myself in. And, like, Assassin's Creed Black Flag is a great game to lose yourself in for oh, a couple days. A Black Flag. Yeah, it's it was really fun. And I was like, wow, I really like this game. It's and like it's exactly what I need. Like, it's not the best game in the world, but it's got really fun pirate ship combat and it's got really fun stab time stuff. Story's kind of weird. Story seems to time skip a whole lot without telling me it's doing that. Like, you know how you talk to a contact and they're like, hey, meet me at the mission location. Mm-hmm. So because this is during like pirate times, you'll meet someone on an island. They're like, all right, in two months, meet me at this like cove and we'll do this. But then you just fast travel over to the cove and they're like, hey, it's been two months. And I'm like, well, it's been like five minutes, actually. And I'm having trouble dealing with you telling me it's been two months. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it at all, but OK. Um, I did some reading on the because I really like Black Flags. It's like, I wonder what happened to all these characters. And it's like Edward Kenway like births the villain of the third game and then gets murdered at some point. And I was like, well, that sucks. What happens to my boy Adewale? And it's like, there's a game where you play as a rogue assassin and you, you like fight and kill Adewale. And I was like, well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, the Assassin's Creed game. I really like, they went out of their way to, I guess, ruin all the characters <laughs> outside of the game. What a shame. Uh, I still want to play syndicate. I heard that was really good. The, the London one where you have a top hat. Apparently that was solid. Oh, I thought you were talking about the actual Syndicate game. No, I mean Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I could be talking about Syndicate as well. I don't know. I still haven't played Syndicate. I heard it's good. I played the original Syndicate, and I always felt bad about missing the, the newer game. Hmm. And it's, like, way too late to go back. It's always Is it on Steam? Because if it's on Steam, it's always there. Just waiting. I don't know. It might be on good old games, just waiting. Um, I'm going to play some games when I get back to Toronto. Uh, Hoopla 
uh, gifted me a copy of The Undertale. So I'm going to play through that. See what the what the hoopla is about that. <laughs> Did that one for you, hoopla? How do you I hope you liked it? <laughs> uh, and I got Galaxy, so, and I'm gonna play some more of that. Yeah, I've been getting into um, <clears throat> building stuff in Fallout Four. A friend of mine. Okay, so a friend of mine just recently moved away from Toronto, but so he he was moving to Alberta, so he had like two weeks off before his move. And he spent a majority of those two weeks after he got his affairs in order. Just the ways that he broke Fallout 4 were astounding for him, for me to hear the way he was describing it. How do you break it? Like there's stuff in the building system where you can like there's like item duping tricks and there's ways to like work around the materials limit of a site that you're on. Like he built a shopping mall basically for fun. I don't know. It sounded crazy. Well, like, in a way, I'm building a mall in that I'm just putting all my vendor stands in one big building. Yeah, you're like, damn. <laughs> but it's not that big, and no, he, I'm he, only building one of each shop type. He had, like, a three-story complex he had built. Uh-huh. Because there's, like, some trick to, like, build multi-story buildings that you're not supposed to be able to build. Well, there there is a height restriction, and there is a way to break it. Yeah. But my main building is going on three three floors. There's the ground floor, then the second floor, and then uh the roof. I'm not include I'm not enclosing the roof, but I might. And then I put a prefab building on top of the roof. <laughs> that that's the penthouse suite. Um, like the, this thing's gonna become my main fortress. What what I and, uh, what I would like to see because if I if I ever get Fallout Four, what I want to do is I want to build like the tallest building I possibly can build, but I want it to be like an upside down cone. So it's like a tiny little point on the bottom, and then it grows wider as you go up. Oh, that's exactly what my building has started doing. Yeah, <laughs> and to the point where it looks stupid, and I'm trying to like, okay, if I could like build these poles. And then I'll stick these poles here, and it will look like they're supports. <laughs> so. No, I would leave all those off. I just want to have a big upside-down cone, like Cloud City, but like Pinpoint City or something. Yeah, you can do something like that. That's that's all I want out of Fallout 4. You could even like put like a couple staircases on top of each other, and then just have it mushroom out from the top of the staircase i would love that that'd be i, I want just the weirdest <laughs> looking like physics defying thing like people oh, yeah. who, who approach no, in the wasteland not a problem at all they look at they look at my structure and they're like what hell is this and then like i'm just at the very top and i'm like come join us we have rad wine up here i don't know well like the work in progress that my main fortress is right now like I was originally just going to make it the two levels, and then I decided to keep going on to the third level, and then I couldn't put what I wanted on top because I had roof pieces instead of floor pieces. So then I just started moving the roof pieces off and sticking them together. So now they're another level higher, just this line of roof pieces sticking out. <laughs> Again, completely gravity-defying. Because um, there's nothing supporting these, um, like, corrugated metal tin roof 
chunks that are just sticking off the side of the thing. Well, it's because they're double corrugated. They've got a lot of inner strength, you know? Yeah. Designed by Brian Savage. Brian Boxes uh, Savage. Yep. <laughs> and, uh... So it's nuts. And then like I started building it in between two houses and it was going to be like three floor panels wide, but then that conflicted with one of the houses. Um, so now I've kind of gone up and it's starting to hang over the top of one of the houses. And now I'm thinking maybe I should keep going and like have it wrap around over the top of this house. Yes. <laughs> to subsume that house, <laughs> make it part of the collective. Uh, but are you also figuring out a way to to canonically tie this into the search for your son? Uh, no, because <laughs> that's my that's my other favorite part about Fallout Four is the notion that you spend all this time doing this while going like this is all to help me find my son. I uh, now my guy is really dumb about the whole thing. So like the the opening, like I don't think this is really giving anything away. Your your family goes into the vault. They get put into cryo tubes. Um, your wife is in the same tube as with your son, which is directly across from you, so you can see them through the window of your tube. Then at some point, everyone thaws out. Some people come along, take the baby, kill your wife, and then refreeze you. Now, my guy has come out into this world that he seems not really bothered by <laughs> like the world's in ruins. It's 200 years later. There's ghouls, there's super mutants, there's all these horrible monsters. He doesn't seem that bothered by the condition of the world. Um, his son's missing. He kind of seems upset about that, but I'm not in any rush to really find the kid. And I'm flirting with every companion that I come across while he's still wearing my wedding ring. So he's really, <laughs> he's completely over his wife being killed. He doesn't care about that anymore at all. I'm flirting with the chicks. I'm flirting with the dudes. Anytime I have the flirt option come up, I'm like, well, I got to press this and see what happens. Can you flirt with robots? Not yet. I like that the answer is not yet. Well, I don't know if I can or can't. I haven't had the opportunity at this time. Leave me the possibility and that's all I want. I have two robots in my oh, little gang. Jiminy Cricket. One <laughs> one talks like Humphrey Bogart and wears a trench coat. And the other yeah. is a Mr. Handy with a British accent. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I haven't been able to flirt with them. Not yet. But that doesn't mean I can't. Yeah. I just haven't gotten the chance. Worst case, you can just flirt with them, you know, from your seat instead of in the game. Just yell some cat calls at the screen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Handy, why don't you come over here again? <laughs> your name sounds like something. Uh, so I guess that's our what we got this week section, because that's all I got. That's all Seth got. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Seth, thank you for joining me. Oh, glad to be here. Uh, we'll be back next week with some more Transformers talk and other things. Um, maybe next week we'll have another secret hidden Lego podcast somewhere in the podcast. Or maybe not. Uh, but nonetheless, stay tuned. We'll be back. Thank you for listening. And leave your comments in the thread, yo. Star Wars. Ah!
Get me these put you down some badass perpetrators and they're here to stay.